Hi, Karen. Happy mid-August. I'm thrilled to see your beautiful face after so long away. Oh my gosh, Katie. It feels like it's been forever. It is so wonderful to see you. It really is. It really does feel like it's been forever. I just said it before we hit record, like I'm rusty. I feel rusty. I know. And it really hasn't been that long. No, <laughs> it hasn't. Yeah. Two, two and a half weeks, maybe. Yeah. It's it's not much. Um, But yes. But how I mean, how have things been in your world? You were just telling me off pod that you spent some time in Birmingham. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. Yes. So I went to the National Association of Black Journalists Convention, which this year was in Birmingham, Alabama, was last week. And I'm really glad I went. I ran into a lot of people. I met some people. I got to see my family in Sheffield, which is only two hours from Birmingham. And I will say, I've been going to Sheffield, Alabama my whole life. Yeah. I'd never been to Birmingham. Wait, what? Really? Oh, yeah. No, I'd never been. It's so weird. I usually never leave my grandparents' house. Oh, wow. I know. Two hours away to Birmingham. I had never been there. Uh, and yeah, I'm just, like I said, I'm glad I went. And I feel like it is a both like really wonderful experience of meeting all these people and being at this conference of like 4,000 journalists and the culture of Birmingham. And then also how sobering it is to be there where all of these terrible things have happened in the civil rights movement. Like Birmingham is where the 16th street Baptist churches where the four little girls were, kill were killed and the fire bombing. And, you know, Martin Luther King wrote letter from Birmingham jail from a jail in Birmingham, right. Kids yes. got arrested for the nerve of protesting. Like, it's just a, it's just an interesting going to the South is always an interesting experience. And like has a lot of conflicting. I feel like I have a lot of conflicting emotions about it. And one of the things that happens is that I eat my feelings. And so I just ate my weight in soul food and it was fun. Oh. It was fun. <laughs> I'm so glad you got to go though. That's awesome. And I mean, the food down there is so spectacular and the history is so fascinating. And I, I my Tyler's grandmother used to live there. So we would go there almost every year. So I've been there maybe, well, not every year, but like we went for a stretch and I think I've been there like four or five times and we went to the museum at the 16th street Baptist church. Did you go to that? No. So oh we were like kind of like running, you know, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure. Right. So was the sculpture park there when you went? Um, I don't, no, I don't actually think so. Well, we went there. It would have been like 2016, maybe 2017, Ooh. but maybe it was. I don't remember. I just remember walking through the church itself or the structure that was the church and just being completely awestruck by how well done that museum. And that is like the mm. top, top five, I would think museums that I've ever been to. It was spectacular. Like, and it was so sobering and it was so important that like you know like that it exists it's just yeah it was a lot to look at for sure mm. yes so I will admit we did not go in this time we're gonna go back yeah and yeah. but there is a park across the street that has all of this beautiful public art in it like oh cool. so there's a sculpture of the four little girls and there's the sculpture I couldn't take a good enough photo of it to post on Instagram but it's of these kids and the way it's done, there are a couple different perspectives you can look at it through. Oh. And there's an inscription that says something like, we ain't afraid of your jail. And you look at it and it's little kids, but they're behind bars, depending on where you're standing. Wow. And yeah, their goal was to get arrested. The goal was to fill up the jails with people so they couldn't keep arresting people. And it was cool because we went with uh, my cousin's friend who lives in Birmingham, Birmingham native. So it was really cool to see the park through her eyes and- Yes. There's a sculpture of three ministers kneeling. They are praying outside the jail where Martin Luther King is being held. And she was like, oh, my God, I've lived here my whole life. I assume the sculpture was of these three ministers, but it's actually one of them is my minister. Like it was her pastor from growing up is in the sculpture and she never realized Seriously? it. I know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so meaningful. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. So. Oh, oh, Karen, I'm so glad you had fun and were able to see that. Like, I definitely, I would love to go back. Like Tyler's grandmother has um, since passed and I, but I would love to go back because he has family down there and it's so beautiful. I think Birmingham has a really beautiful city actually. So it's like, there's a lot to see. It's very true. Yeah. We all had a really good time. That's awesome. That's so great. 
Um, are you? Oh no! Sorry, it's storming. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> like it's storming. storming. Yes, thunder. Well, it's storming, and MLB is taking the recycling bin out. Sorry, there was just a commotion oh, outside, right outside the window, and I was like, "Oh no! Oh, oh my gosh, they're getting drenched." Okay, sorry. Are they, they're getting drenched? <laughs> yes. Oh no! Oh no! I'm so sorry. We can totally pause if you want to, like go. Yeah. No, no. It's like watching a movie. Okay. This <laughs> I hope they're okay. I hope it's not a metal recycling bin. It is, is it? not. It okay, is good. plastic. Um, It has been a hard one recycling bin. We've lived here for two months and we just got it. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm so glad you had fun in Birmingham. I... Thank you. That's awesome. That's so awesome. And also you hung out with... Roy Wood Jr. What? I did. What? Oh my gosh. I, okay, so for people who don't know Roy Wood Jr., he is this incredible comedian, also a correspondent on The Daily Show, right? Yes, and he did the White House Correspondents Dinner, I guess, oh, this year. Wow. Yes, so uh, it's so funny because we knew he was at this benefit for the Birmingham Association of Black Journalists, which okay. is a chapter, right? And my cousin and her friend and I were standing around this table trying to balance plates and eat, and this older gentleman was standing in front of us and he introduced himself as Roy Wood. And we were like, we all looked at each other. And he's like, I'm Roy Wood Senior. That's amazing. And he is a journalist. He's like a broadcaster in Birmingham. Like everybody knows him. He's like a famous journalist, like journalist in Birmingham. And so his son is Roy Wood Jr. And like was at this benefit. It was very cool. That is so cool. I love that so much. I love that his he was like honoring his father and his father's profession and all of that. Like, totally. and did you hear him talk? And like, did he do like a, a speech or anything? The part that I was at, he was emceeing and then I ran. Like the thing about NEBJ is that like, there are a million events after the sessions are over and a million receptions. And so wow. like, I just was running from one to the other. It is very cool. Like they just really pack a lot into like four or five days. That's so awesome. That's really, really cool. Kind of, this is making me miss conferences. I haven't mm. been to a conference since COVID, I don't think. Have I? I don't think I have. No. Isn't that weird? Like, it's like, I don't know, just being around a lot of people and like, just like chatting and I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of that that like gives me anxiety, but also like excitement to have different energy around and like chatter and meet people that you're not meaning to meet. You know, you just run into people. They're just the casual runs. A thousand percent. I will also say, so the first conference I went to post-COVID, but not post-COVID, was NLGJA, which is the queer journalist. And that's when I got COVID. That's right. That's right. When I saw you in Chicago, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh. So, I mean, not always conference at your own risk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> totally. Okay. Well, I, so I was gone for two weeks on vacation and to give you the, uh, I've given you a few updates, but um, off pod, but yeah. So we started it with three nights of camping and I'll make the description sh short because I, this could go on for absolute ever. Um, but basically the camping was set for three nights and we successfully did two of those three Ooh. nights. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Yes. It, it started real hot, Karen. It was great. It was <laughs> really, we were so pumped. It was like, it's like, you know, the first day of vacation, you're like, everything is beautiful and sparkly and amazing. Yeah. So that lasted 48 hours and then maybe not even that long. And we, with the first day we went to like this beautiful waterfall hike, it was lovely. Mm. And we slept hardly at all but we didn't even care because we're camping and everything's great and we're total campers we live in oregon yeah by the end of day two not so much not so much <laughs> and so and then by the the third day so i guess yeah so it was a third day it started raining in the morning and we had done like the one hike that we really really wanted to do there were other smaller ones we could have done but like we didn't really have a lot of plans of like we were kind of in the middle of nowhere we didn't really know like if we're if it's raining and we don't have one of your translucent tents that you and MLB have, which by the way, nice. yeah, fatal error. error. And so anyway, um, we we left. 
There's no shame in this, Katie. No shame. Thank you. I've been dealing with shame feelings all week long by telling people this. And I've had some friends that are like, who gives a shit if you're not a camper, Katie? Just get over it. Like, they're like, we're (laughs) sick of hearing about how you're a camper, but you're not actually a camper. (laughs) Like, it's fine. Just embrace it. And the truth is, is uh, they're right. And I just am getting over it. I think camping can also mean what you and MLB did in your, you know, beautiful Mercedes Airstream. Like, that is also camping. Does it have to be Oh my gosh, that is also camping. We were out in nature. We were surrounded by trees. Yes, we just also had running water and electricity. Yes, and a mattress, key. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, a really nice queen-size bed. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like our our setup of Tyler on the queen-size air mattress and me on the little camping pad on the ground next to his queen-size air mattress not awesome like not, not it sounded great in theory no it didn't of course it didn't sound great in theory it sounded ridiculous in theory but like i just i didn't want to be on the catapult of the you know air mattress situation so anyway so we left we went to the coast of oregon stayed in a really nice hotel and just like ate our feelings at a mexican restaurant and that's oh, what happened yeah maybe i love this for you i love this for you I feel like life is about balance. True. You did two nights, two sleepless nights in the tent. <laughs> yeah, we did. And then hopefully had a margarita. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. We, so if there were two sizes of margaritas, the regular size, this is how they were set it on the menu. By the way, the menu was like 75 pages long. So that gives you like, <laughs> like, have you ever been to a Mexican restaurant that has like a, like a book as your menu? You're like, how do you even have all those ingredients? Anyway, they had like a very long margarita menu. And we're like, we'll just have the house margarita. And they didn't ask if we wanted regular or jumbo size. Those are the only two options. And, oh. um, and, and it was on us. We should have said something they didn't you know it's okay that they didn't ask but oh no they brought the jumbo <laughs> karen it looked like a bowl with a little stick underneath it like it was so <laughs> obnoxious <laughs> it was and i we both we each got one like and it was we were walking distance to our hotel it was totally fine and i felt oh, great yeah. and we were just like and it was not a very good margarita but i didn't give a shit there was tequila in it and so yeah i drank away my i'm not a camping s- sorrows or camper sorrows and um yes. That was that. So then from there, we went up to Olympic National Park, which PSA friends, if you ever find yourself in the Pacific Northwest, do not miss it. It was spectacular to the level of like, I just have a really hard time even describing it. Like I've been to national parks like Yosemite and, you know, Yellowstone, stuff like that. It was just, there was no one there. There was this area within the national park. The national park is this entire peninsula. It's called the Olympic Peninsula off the well it's like a peninsula off of washington it's enormous it could be its own state but basically within that there is a rainforest called the ho rainforest h-o-h rainforest and so Mm. it's like in the middle of the peninsula and you go into it and it's like oh my god okay so just i'll try to paint a picture i'll suck at it but i'll just try so basically you go down these hiking trails the trees are conservatively 200 feet high probably 250 you can hardly see the top of them and the very tops of them like the top maybe 50 feet of them look like pine trees and then everything below it is like just these mossy arms of like limbs it looks like a dr seuss novel or something and like Mm -hmm. the moss is like hanging in these like it's it looks like almost like you're in like a like a haunted house or something but we went in the like mid-afternoon on a hike and so it was like golden hour going through the mosses and so it was just like the streaming like you know sun through these gorgeous mosses and all of the mosses were like fluorescent green and then like the entire floor of the rainforest was completely covered in the largest ferns that you have ever seen literally like 10 feet by 10 feet ferns and they are gorgeous like it's just like i mean so unbelievably vibrant i literally was telling tyler over and over i'm like i feel like we are at in a fake magical wonderland and that this is the epcot center version of what a rainforest is supposed to look like and like we're not actually in a rainforest and then all of a sudden there's nobody around because nobody goes to olympic national park and all of a sudden we hear like like steps and we're like oh and there are bears out there Oh God. And yeah. And so I'm like, oh my God. And not close, like maybe like 70 feet away, but still it's like, there's nobody there. So you can hear anything. 
And I look over and it's a Roosevelt elk. So a Roosevelt elk is like a specific type of elk on Olympic in Olympic National Park. It basically looks like it. Okay. Have you ever seen a Clydesdale horse? Like it's, uh. it's like a really big horse, like a huge horse. Like it's like, it's kind of like a horse that's in like cartoons kind of like, it's like, it, like it's pulling a carriage in like Victorian times or something like that. I feel like the Heineken, this is weird, but the Heineken yes. factory in Amsterdam has Clydesdales. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, imagine that and then do like one and a half times that, but the body's fatter and that's what a like uh, a Roosevelt elk looks like. They are enormous. I mean, easily at least two, maybe 3,000 pounds. Anyway, and so they're pretty far away, but they're all um, herbivores. So they're, they're just eating berries. So calm. And oh then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my God, that's one. And then all of a sudden, poof, this elk's family doesn't see us or does see us. I'm sure they saw us. But like they like all, all appear and now there's like 10 of them and they're all chirping at each other, talking to each other, peacefully eating in this meadow. Seriously, Karen, I like almost started crying. Like I was like, I, it was just so beautiful to see wild animals in their natural habitat. Like talk about winning the elk lottery, you know, like, it's like you are in Olympic national park. You're not like you're protected. You're good. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I have like chills. That's so amazing. It was amazing. It was so wonderful. And then we went to this place called Lake Crescent, which was beautiful. And that's also an Olympic National Park. And then we went up to the San Juan Islands. Tyler and I both got norovirus, which I know I told you about. But yes, friends, if you can avoid it, which it's hard to avoid because norovirus is very, very contagious. Um, Yeah, it just sucked. So that was like kind of the biggest not so great part but then we ended up going on a hike in orcas island um and then we came home on sunday and now i'm home and uh yeah it's weird to get back into the I mean, two weeks is a long time like we were i was like oh i'm not gonna want to come home i did i wanted to come home i was like i'm good like love tyler but also like sometimes you just need other inputs you know like that's mean to say but it's true oh no i mean i don't think it's mean at all I think it's very true and I hear you it's I I actually think getting homesick on a vacation is a good sign I think it is too right like you you left not feeling like oh god I wish I could stay longer you're like nope I'm out nope. I'm good I'm done I'm good <laughs> we'll be back Toodaloo. Right. <laughs> yeah we're good. I'm so sick of driving. Oh my gosh, Karen, I don't have to tell you that because you drove back from Birmingham. Like it was seven hours back from Orcas Island, but it sounds like it might've been a little longer for you. Yes. <laughs> it was longer, but worth it. Longer, but worth it for sure. Like, cause Diane and I, my cousin Diane and I made stops. So we left Birmingham, went to Sheffield, went to visit someone else in Kentucky. It was just like, it was a long day, but it was also like just great also to like have the have the time to do it. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's so awesome. Wow. We've both had good, good couple of weeks. And Absolutely. but wait a minute, I am dying bated breath <laughs> with of how you and MLB felt about Barbie, because the last time we met, we were talking to Ginger Buddha and thank you again, Ginger Buddha, for that shining review. I bet it's in our Spotify wrapped. I'm guessing anything that has Ginger Buddha on it will be number one, obvi. But you saw Barbie that following night, right? If I think I saw it. Yes, I think I did see it the following night or even. Yes. It might we have been the go. night. It may have been the night. We did go. I can confirm that we did see the Barbie movie. And yes, thank you, Ginger Buddha, for your glowing review. Uh, so, you know, mm. uh, the Barbie movie was not made for me. Let's just, let's just put that out there. I am a black lesbian pushing 50. I've called myself a feminist for 30 years. That movie was not made for me. Really? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you expand? Cause I would love to hear like every everyone I have heard every like news story has oh, been yeah. well everyone knows everyone loves Barbie like it's like but you you don't feel that way interesting no and 
so I, I at work posted something saying like, if you are also having complicated feelings about the Barbie movie, just know that I'm here for you. And I'm thinking about starting a support group because of what you just said, everyone loves this movie. And if you don't love it, you are a right wing wing nut. Oh, wow. Like, what? Oh, God. oh, yeah. No, I mean, conservatives loathe the Barbie movie. Oh, see, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, God, I'm so behind the eight ball. I'm no spoilers. I will just say, I don't, I mean, I don't want to ruin it for you if you do. Like, you will not, like, you will not really... ruin it for me. Oh my gosh, Karen, I, I so value your opinion and I will have independent thought. Don't worry. I'm excited to hear what you say. Okay. All right. I, I just will say like, I, uh, yeah, I, I feel like sometimes movies do this thing where they like, will have a prominent person of color, a prominent black person and be like, we checked that box. We don't have to address blackness or diversity at all. So Issa Rae's the president, Barbie. Great. Were there any other black people in that whole movie? No. Oh, <laughs> like, really? Right? Like, I mean, they certainly didn't have like big role. Not that there wasn't anyone, but like, it just, it's it was like very, I feel like that movie was made for a very specific group of people. And I am not one of those people. Mm. Yeah. It yeah. was beautiful. I loved seeing Dua Lipa. The music was great, but like, yeah, I, I, it was not revelatory for me. And oh my God, Katie, we have, I don't even know if we should talk about it. So you've been off the grid. Do you know about Lizzo? We need to talk about it, Karen. Oh my God. It like makes me nauseous. It makes me nauseous as well. It does. Yes. Well, wait, before we get there, thank you for saying your experience watching the Barbie movie because it's so important and it's like I that's unfortunate that's really disappointing honestly because I'm sure that if you feel that way millions of other people feel that way also it's just not making the headlines of the New York Times which is not okay yeah I it's interesting because I feel like so I do know so many people who loved that movie of all like all different kinds of people who love that movie yeah my coworkers who also had conflicted feelings about it, though, one of them raised a really good point, which is that, like, and she was quoting Bell Hooks, this notion that, like, the ideal society is one in which no one is oppressed. Mm -hmm. So having a matriarchal society to replace a patriarchal society is not necessarily the goal, right? Like, Ooh, yeah, equity and equality and, like, a place where everyone thrives requires that you don't have you know, inequality basically. So again, I don't want no spoilers. Um, I'm very curious to see what you think. I'm very excited to watch it. I think I might see it next week sometime. All of my friends out here want to see it. Um, but I like knowing what you thought because I will look at it in a different lens. And it's like, and I do see what you're saying in terms of your coworker saying like the, yeah, the ideal society is where no one is, is oppressed. Like that makes so much sense. Hmm. So to like switch out the man for the woman, like that, yeah, that is complicated. Yeah, yeah, you'll see. It's really, um, yeah. I'm glad we saw it. I'm glad we saw it early. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, yeah, it, but it there is a lot of. I haven't, and I stopped looking. I will admit, I stopped looking, but I haven't seen a lot of criticism that hasn't been rooted in transphobia and <laughs> rooted in conservative family values and it's just ugh, yuck oh, okay gosh yeah. yeah there needs to be more voices out there like that's okay all right well thank you for that um yes but moving on to lizzo karen okay go ahead i would love to hear your thoughts and i can tell you how i feel as well but i really want to hear what you have to say because i'm God. i'm so upset i know i know and it's like I just, I find myself having to like, I'm doing this mental gymnastics of divorcing her music, which I love from all of this shit that people are saying. I know. Yeah, I really, I feel like it's so damning and it's like, again, it makes me nauseous. And MLB pointed out that apparently Lizzo has hired the same attorney that Bill Cosby had. What? And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, oh no, what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that gets worse. <laughs> exactly. I know every story gets worse and worse. 
oh, to your point earlier, it's making me nauseous also. Like, okay, so for people who are not up to date on the Lizzo stuff, so what? it's like a week ago probably, like early August, I would say, maybe late July, early August, news broke that um, there had been allegations, and I'm not, you might know more about this, so cut me off, Karen, but like I, what I've read is that what I actually experienced was that I thought that some people were just talking shit. That's actually what I thought it was. Like at first I was like, oh, well, people are, there are allegations that she has had this like super sexualized culture of her dancers and that people have felt fat shamed and that, you know, that kind of stuff. And I just, I thought it was noise at first that like Mm. she gets so much hate anyway that like it's, you know, I kind of dismissed it. And then it kept coming up. And really what actually triggered me looking into it more was her post on Instagram where she was trying to address. She was like, this has gone too far. Like I am addressed. And basically she, and I can't quote it exactly, but she basically, she's like, I deny everything. No, like she, she was writing it from an emotional place, which I don't know if she's deleted that post since, Mm. but then I ended up Googling it and realizing, oh no, 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 this is a court case in the Los Angeles Superior Court that is naming Lizzo as a plaintiff in like really bad shit like really bad shit so it's like oh and when I saw that and like how you know she has been charged with false imprisonment did you hear about how one of her dancers like that she like didn't let people out of a room they made her like she made them um what was it it was like they she made them audition the dancers weren't like she was this is all allegations obviously but like she was um telling her dancers this is in the court case that um that she thought they were showing up to work intoxicated and um so that she made them re-audition like between shows and one of those auditions was like 12 hours and they were afraid to leave the room. So one of the the women ended up defecating on herself because she couldn't go to the bathroom. Like, so that's like a false imprisonment charge. And then there's that whole thing with the strip club, which, oh my God. I mean, just Google it, friends, if you don't know what we're talking about. Like this is, or don't, because it's real bad. Right, or don't. It is really bad. And it's really the allegations are bad. And of course, anyone can file a lawsuit and say anything. Of course. Fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are ways to address. I guess I'm like disgusted about the allegations. And I'm also so disappointed in how Lizzo has responded to it. Same. Same. Because you know I think I mean? the way that you respond to something like this is a direct link to how you recover from it. If you don't take yeah. any accountability at all, then it's like. You, you there's no defense like it, people is that and what you mean people, like she's yes so defensive yeah so defensive and such a lack of empathy and such a lack of taking responsibility for anything like just yes being so like aggressively defensive and I mean we are all at in a point in our culture where it's like you have to believe women you have to believe survivors you have to believe and this is woman against woman, which makes it really difficult. But to have a woman be accused of these things and to have her be so aggressively, like these are all lies, like really all these people are lying. All of the people coming forward are lying. They're all making up this crazy shit. Okay, no. Yeah, exactly. I it's I it, ditto on literally every single word you just said, because I think the other thing is it's just, uh, it, it's like, yeah, like they're not like it is a we are in a culture where, you know, like we need to d- d- believe women, we need to believe survivors and now I just lost my train of thought because I was just so taken by what you just said, but like I just feel so sad for these survivors, honestly. And it's like and I, I think that the other thing is like what you just said at the very beginning where you were like, "Oh my god, do how do I divorce myself from Lizzo the person and Lizzo the music?" And the problem is Karen is I have never divorced myself. That is one of the reasons why I have loved her for so long. Right. loved her like and I mean I think everyone makes mistakes and no one is a divine being and like there are shadow sides to every person um 
Yeah. I just, I don't know how she recovers from this stuff. And like this morning I was actually working out and she's on all of my playlists, all yes. of them. Like, <laughs> I mean, multiple times. And so like, and this morning I actually heard one of the, her songs and I, I skipped, I did, I skipped. And I was like, uh, and then I l listened to another one and then I was like, oh, I love this so much. And I just, I don't know what to do. It's weird. It's a weird feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought of it in the context of Barbie, because of course she has a great song on the Barbie soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what made me think of Lizzo. Yes. She has a song on the Barbie soundtrack. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, right. Don't know how she moves forward from this, especially when her public persona is so different than what we're seeing now. And it's hard when somebody shows you their whole ass. Like I didn't see Lizzo. I didn't need to see your whole ass. I've already seen your whole ass. And now like, I just, I, I just need the response to this to be different. I'm with you. I'm so with you. I totally agree. It's not in alignment, the public and mm -hmm. private persona. And now I remember what I was going to say is that like, when you file a lawsuit, like your name first and last is in the media. And so all of these people who are the defendants who are going after Lizzo are also putting themselves at risk. It's like there are definitely people who are probably sending horrible messages to the mm. women who have come forward. It's like, it's just, it's like, you know, it takes a lot to, for them to do that. Like this is a before and after moment in their life too. And so it's like, I don't want to just defend Lizzo when it's like, these women are not Lizzo. They probably don't have the resources that Lizzo does or even close to it. And it's like they're putting their lives on the line and their family's yeah. lives. Like they have their first and last names on a court document that is now splashed all over the media. Like, and then also the, what is it? The other plaintiff is Lizzo's dance instructor or dance. Or defendant. Okay, wait. Plaintiffs file You're defendants. Right. Lizzo is the defendant. Yes. Oh yes, my yes. God. You know, you're totally, I totally messed that up like five minutes ago. Thank you for correcting me. Yes. So yes, Lizzo is a defendant. The plaintiffs are the ones that are the, uh, the ones accusing Lizzo of the bad things. Yes. It's all right. I had to walk myself through that. Yes. And she, I feel like initially they accused her, her of something having to do with religion and her response to it was like super religious. And people were like, no, girl. Oh. This, this is what they were talking about. Okay. <laughs> is this is what they were talking about? Like what you just said? Yeah, like yeah. read the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's messy and I feel like it's also like the other reason it makes me nauseous is that I feel like there's this unspoken code in black culture that like you handle things in private. Mm. Right. That like you don't air what's going on. And for these for this to have gotten to this place, to me, speaks to the severity of it, like yeah. that they felt like they couldn't handle it as a family or whatever. You know what I mean? You just don't you don't air your. Affairs for other people to judge and that it has gotten here to me says a lot. I mean, yeah. My guess is that it's not a surprise to Lizzo. Like, even Ooh. though she's re responding in this way, like, I can't imagine this was like a, I mean, maybe it is a surprise. I don't know. It's, I don't yeah. Know. Mm. Oof. yeah. Well, I will say that not to do with Lizzo whatsoever, but speaking of um, recording artists, I have really big news, Karen. <gasps> I'm going to Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I am. I'm going to Beyonce yeah. with my mom and my sister. Yes. I'm so excited in the middle of oh September and I'm going in Vancouver, British Columbia and I'm flying up there. It's all wild and crazy. Oh my God. It's one of those things where I was like, I want to go and get floor seats. I know this is also wild. Really what it is, is that Oprah's Instagram post about how amazing Beyonce's concert was sold me. Yeah. I mean, that was a really big sell for me and like, mm. and uh, yeah, I'm super excited. It's in like a month and I was just, I couldn't, like, I kept thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I remember turning to Tyler and I'm like, am I, is this a wild idea to do? And he was like, no, he's like, you have literally been talking about going to Beyonce for a decade. And I was like, you're right. You're totally right. And so I looked into tickets, floor tickets, and um, 
everything in the US, it was like Seattle, San Francisco, LA. It was just like, oh my God, nothing underneath $1,800. Like it was like, Wait, oh, what? oh, so wild. Like $2,800 in San Francisco. Like, and I was like, I can't, I just can't. And then I was like, okay, whatever, it's fine. And then I realized when I was looking on StubHub, there was a Vancouver show, 350 for floor seats. And oh. I was like, oh my God. I mean, I've also never spent more than like $80 on a concert in my life, but right. you know, like, you know, and so yesterday I uh, went on Amazon and I got a gold sequined uh, jacket and I will for $30, yes. I'm major fingers crossed. It is still in one piece when it arrives at my house, but I will keep you posted. Maybe I'll be wearing it <gasps> next pod. We'll see. I need to try it out. Katie, congratulations. Oh my God. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I cannot wait to tell you all every single itty bitty detail. I just, I haven't been able to, I feel like it's one of those things where I've just been pretending like Beyonce is not happening. I've had ah. so much going on in my life that I'm just like, I can't, I can't also have Beyonce. Totally. <laughs> totally. I, I mean, Beyonce takes up a large slice of the mental and, you know, emotional pie that I am, you know, holding inside of my heart right now. And so yes. it's okay. If you don't have space, it's totally okay. She'll still be there. I know. I know. Uh, I also don't want to be like, I, you probably haven't seen the movie Pretty in Pink as many times as I have, but there's, have you I ever not. seen Pretty in Pink? I've <gasps> seen parts. Molly Ringwald, right? Yes. yes. Molly Ringwald, John Cryer, Andrew McCarthy. I've seen it a, gill a gazillion times. I'm so embarrassed to admit, but there's the scene. It's also got Annie Potts and she's trying to talk about Molly Ringwald into going to the prom. She's got this girlfriend who never went. She was like, she'll check for her keys. She'll count her kids. Oh, what's missing from her life? And then she'll realize she didn't go to the prom. Oh. And that's how I feel about Beyonce. Am I oh. going to look at my life and be like, oh my God. Oh my God, Karen, I'm actually <laughs> seriously going to start crying. That's so sad. That was such a visual. Oh my gosh, you can meet us if you want. There are still tickets. Like, <laughs> I just oh. You know what? It will not be. You will someday, if that's what you want, to go to Beyonce, it will happen. I have every faith. And it's okay. I know, but this is the album that I've listened to. This is the one Beyonce album I will say I have listened to from beginning to end a million times. Same. Because right? every like, song uh, goes into the next song. Yes, like, exactly. So, and actually, I have a date with myself next Wednesday to watch Lemonade because I never mm. watched it, and I'm the only person on the planet that's never watched it. Tyler's going going on a business trip. Fuck yeah! So anyway, <laughs> I am going to be watching Lemonade by myself and drinking wow. wine. I can't wait. But have you seen Lemonade? I've seen parts of it. Okay, I've yeah. never watched it all the way through either. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I've been seriously shamed by my sister that I haven't seen it. And um, I'm not really serious, but like kind of serious anyway. And so I need to catch up. But yeah. Anywho. OK, so catching up, speaking of catching up has been so much fun, but we have a very serious topic at hand <laughs> that is very timely in it's my true. life for sure. Um, should I just try, just yep. try to I jump right in? Okay. All right. Well, here's, here it is friends. Um, the topic is around when you're not busy and all your shit comes to the surface basically. So what happened was, um, well, I'll just tell the, the true story, uh, which is, so the day that we got to our camp, like the first day of our trip, when we went camping, um, it was awesome. We were setting up that everything was fine. The next day I was like feeling so high on this camping experience. We were still in the honeymoon phase of the camping experience <laughs> that I decided to post on Instagram for the first time in a long time. I have, I've been <laughs> off for like five months. So I post on Instagram and I mentioned that I had a hysterectomy as part of the post. And I just, I honestly didn't even think about it. Like, I was just like, whatever, I'm just updating people things are going well, whatever. So what I did not anticipate was that I ended up getting text messages from several people, several women in my life who I did not tell and not intentionally, genuinely and not intentionally, but I did not tell them. And they mm. kind of freaked out and it wasn't a freak out in a, it was a loving freak out. It was like, Oh my God, I had no idea. Like, how are you doing? And like, one of my friends is a physician in LA and she 
wanted to know the details and like all of and it was just it was intense karen like it was like it was really really intense and i was like and i obviously don't have to answer text messages right away but it was like oh shit and what it really brought up and it wasn't just the instagram post i think really what it is is it was just a symptom of the fact that i have been going 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 since we were in portugal which was like almost a year and a half ago now and I have not had a vacation that has been an actual vacation that hasn't had anything to do with family or anything to do with friends or graduation or Christmas or whatever the hell. And so basically what happened was I'm sitting around this bonfire doing jack shitty and I'm like staring at the stars. It's very beautiful. But instead of just like being calm and like just like one with nature, which I was that also, but like maybe 2%, the other 98% was like, Ooh, you're available. Here's all oh, your God. shit. <laughs> it was just oh, like, no. it was, yeah. And so it was very hard, actually. Like, it was really like this turmoil inside of me that, like, a lot of stuff that I hadn't dealt with the grief around my surgery, the other feelings I have around it. Like, it's very complicated. And it's not just about the surgery, it's just about like me not being, um, I, I, I'm genuinely not trying all the time to be busy all the time, like I was pre COVID. Like, I really am. But even with that, I think there's just stuff that slips through the cracks that I just can't deal with on my day to day. And it just came to the surface all at once. It was hard. Oh, Katie, I'm so sorry to hear this. And I, you, when you were describing this earlier, you're like, does this resonate with you? And I was like, oh, <laughs> and I think it will resonate with a lot of people. Like, really? I, yes. Like I've talked about my aversion to taking vacation. Like I used to really struggle to take time off, to use my vacation time. And part of it, what I didn't, it wasn't, it was subconsciously was like, I did not want to create space in my life for the shit that I wasn't dealing with to emerge exactly like you're describing. Like, it's like all of these things are just like, do you hear that? It's quiet. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get her. Let's get her. Like, it's time. It's <laughs> like, oh so real, Karen. So real. It's so real. I think this is actually really common for a lot of people. Honestly, if it's common for the two of us, then it's definitely common for other people because I just feel like you, the other thing is, I just feel like my, our day-to-days are pretty good. Like you and I are dialed in. Like we have, you know, like we're in situations that are very happy right now. We're like, we're, we're like, we have good lives. And so like, you kind of don't think about it. You're not like, you're like, well, whatever. Like, I, and, and also we both go to therapy. And so it's not like we're not dealing with shit. It's like, we're still, but it's like, there's more shit. Really? <laughs> yes. Well, that's what's so exactly what's so annoying about it is like you just described, like you have this container of therapy and you're like, if you don't fit in the container, you can go fuck yourself. Oh, I'm not dealing with you. Yeah. It's 50 minutes a week. And if it goes to 51, (laughs) that extra 60 seconds, you just, yeah, fuck right off. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it is very daunting. And I do wonder, oh my God, as you were describing that, I'm just thinking like, is part of my avoidance that, yeah, I feel good. I am happy. I'm so excited about this life I'm building. Like, am I purposely not dealing with dark things because I don't want this rain cloud? Yeah. I think that's fair too, though. I don't you like, I think that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's like a, maybe it's like, it's not time to deal mm. with the rain cloud or maybe it's like, and maybe it's okay that like, maybe it's okay that I went a year and a half without dealing with my rain cloud. And maybe it's okay that you're in that space too. I don't know. I don't know if there's a right or wrong. Like, yeah. I actually really like that reframing. Like it was just all marinating in there and it emerged at the time that it was supposed to. Yeah. Right. And it's hard when it does, but, and it's like, I just, I don't know. But at the same time, it's like, I just want to live my life. Like, I seriously have been thinking so much about like, maybe I should just get out of therapy and just like dive into the soup of life and just like, you know, get (laughs) really, really dirty and like, just like make a bunch of mistakes and just deal with all of that in five years when I'm crippled in pain. And so I don't know, Karen, (laughs) adulting and lifing is hard sometimes. It really is. Yes. 
life, life's all the time and peopling is hard. It actually also makes me wonder, uh, you know, I, I've had an on again, off again relationship with Tamara Levitt. Same. Calm app. Same. We're a little cold right now, but yeah. Yes, exactly. And I'm wondering, would we be struggling with this, having an expanse of quiet for all of these demons to come at us if we created pockets of quiet in our daily lives? Yeah. I mean, I love that. I don't know. I know, right? (laughs) It's like, oh, God. I mean... Yeah, I will say that before I left for vacation, I was meditating like 10 minutes a day, not with Tamara. I was actually just Mm -hmm. like putting a timer on my phone and I also was journaling. And so I felt like, yeah, I know (laughs) your face is like, well, then what the hell? (laughs) Then what the hell, man? (laughs) What more do you want? Exactly. How much healing can I do? Damn it. It's like, geez, I'm just healed out. Oh, God, it's so exhausting. And it's just like. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm sick of reading all the self-help shit. And like, that's one of the reasons I went off Instagram because I can't stand the memes about like, just know that whatever you're going through is amazing and doesn't matter. It's just like, no, I don't want to deal with this stuff. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's just whenever it's supposed to come up, it's supposed to come up. And I think the thing is, is like, I don't know. It's not like I have you know, like a closet that is hidden in my, the house of my brain where it's like, oh, I'm just going to shove you there. Like consciously, I'm not, right. there's no consciousness that is going al- along with this. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, you know what? Like if it's really bothering me and there's something serious that I'm upset about in my life, I can't push it down. I just don't have that. I wish I did sometimes have that capability of being like, oh, I'm just going to deal with that when I finally go on vacation in 18 months. No, like <laughs> this stuff is so much deeper than that. It's so annoying, you know? Yes. Mm, Man, I don't know what the remedy is for that. Honestly, I really don't like, because I, you were meditating, you were journaling, you've been incredibly thoughtful and intentional about all of these things. What, 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 what else? Yeah. What else do we have? Totally. What else do we have? And I did find myself though, and maybe this is from the meditating and journaling. I did find myself just accepting. I did. Like I actually felt, even though Mm. I was like real uncomfortable for the first few days of that vacation while I was going through the stuff, like I really did. I just looked at it and I was like, okay, here you are. Hello. And I, I did. I really like, and I don't think I could have done that if I hadn't been meditating and journaling and like, and so instead of like crippling me, it only lasted like three days instead of 14. And so that was nice. I guess that's, that's something to be proud of. Or to be rejoicing in. I don't know. I mean, did this overlap at all with getting sick? No. Physically sick? That would would make so much sense, Karen. Yeah, Yeah. right? Because, I mean, your emotions and your mood and all that lives in your gut. Well, okay. Well, actually, that is an interesting question. Because now that I think about it, I just immediately am like, no, no, no. But actually, now that I think about it, so it was a week later that I got really, really sick. And it I mean, potentially, honestly, like it could have been like it could have been the residual of that. Like, I mean, I was in a good space when I got sick. I felt, you know, happy and clear. But like, you never know. Everything's so connected. And my body's like, you know, seven days. You really think you cleared me out? What? Oh, yesterday I heard about have you ever heard of nervous system cleaning? I've never heard of this. Oh, no. I know. know. (laughs) (laughs) My physical therapist told me about it. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing all this nervous system cleaning. I'm like, I don't know what words you're saying. And she was just like, yeah, there's this woman I found on, you know, YouTube. And she basically just like clears out any like anything you're holding, anything that you're just like, you know, and she's like, I've basically gotten to the point where I am now in my mind gift wrapping things that I don't want to be holding anymore. And so in my mind, I gift wrap in a beautiful bow something that is someone else's and then I give it back to them so I don't have to keep holding on to it and I was like damn that is some like emotional gymnastics that I'm not sure I have the energy for but cool I mean great idea it really is and I mean that kind of visualization can be really helpful it can my problem is that like you don't get it all 
right? Like you can think you've wrapped this whole thing up and then some weird thought pops into your mind that's like this lingering thing, but I don't want to be negative about it. I love that idea. I'm with you though. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know how people, maybe there isn't a solution. Maybe it's just, this is lifing. This is just what happens. This is just what happens. And I think now we know, right? I think one of the good things about this conversation is the reminder that this is what happens. Yes. And that when we go on vacation, now we can. Oh, do you have to go? No, I don't. I, I actually have therapy <laughs> in 15 minutes, but I apologize for my thing going off. I knew I had therapy and I don't know why I had that. I'm so sorry. Please, please, please continue. No, I, I just, just that, like that now we can anticipate, like the longer you have on vacation, probably the more likely it is that some shit you didn't even know was in that imaginary non-existent closet in your mind. Like it's back, like that they're like, just there's some cubby hole back there that shit's just waiting to pop out of. It is. It's just waiting and it will always pop out. I think that's the other thing. It's like, even if I went another three years without a vacation that was two weeks long, I think it would just be like sitting in there rotting, just like, mm, so excited. I'm going to pop out even if she's 55 and it doesn't matter how long we have to sit in here. We're going to pop out. Like, it's like, I just think I'm actually happy that it popped out now. I'm okay doing this, like, you know, closet cleaning once every 18 months or whatever the heck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really, uh, you know, MLB does listen to this podcast. Hi, MLB. And uh, I just want to apologize in advance for our next vacation Uh, because they're, of course, a psychologist. And yeah, I'm going to put them to work. It's going to be great. It's going to be so fun. (laughs) So much fun. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, this is really fun, Karen. And I actually think we really struck a chord. I'm just projecting (laughs) on all of our listeners that we struck a chord with everyone. Maybe everyone's listening like, what? I've never had a problem on vacation. Vacations are amazing. I'm so happy for you. Genuinely, I really am. And if it did strike a chord, you're not alone. Yes. Well, and I would also... For a moment, if you've never had this issue, challenge you to think about whether or not you have created space on your vacation or if you have planned every second of your time away so that you don't have any quiet, you don't have any time to stare at the sky in front of the fire waiting for it to start raining. Like, have you scheduled every second away, even on vacation? Drop. Even on vacation, mic drop end of episode nothing can top that thank you karen i think that is a really nice question for everyone to ponder as we close but yeah this has been amazing i feel like we've come in real hot after vacation and (laughs) this is an amazing episode i can't wait to re-listen and uh yeah thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next week